Welcome to Numb Bills Fan Podcast, late night edition, March 10th of 2017. It's your dog, Dave. Uh, find me on the Twitter. And you'll never believe who showed up today. Yeah, really. Well, me first, though. <laughs> Numb Bills Fan. Duh. On Twitter. Duh. But you showed up today. Yeah. Yeah. The the prodigal son of Numb Bills Fan Podcast. It's your boy Adam D. Back after a two-episode hiatus. But hey, they lined up some sweet guests. Tim was killer. Nate's always good, man. So much love out to those dudes. Thanks for coming on. Thanks for keeping it interesting when I couldn't be bothered to wake up. <laughs> that one show was just a I was just a straight I fell asleep too. Really? My ass was just zonked out, man. I had no clue. Yo, parenting is hard every once in a while, man. I tell you what, you you pop a little one out and you'll you'll feel my you'll feel my pain. No, I'll probably do what you do, which is you know, let them play video games and get smarter. And like your kid is really smart because of video games. Well, not just because of video games. We'd be reading books and we do the Legos. We get out, try to get on some sports. He's good at throwing. He's not good at catching. But he's got upside. <laughs> What's his upside? That he's not in double digits yet? Like, is that the upside? Like, <laughs> he's not 30? <laughs> um, you know, he's explosive off the line and, uh, you know, good top speed, good acceleration. His footwork could uh, use a little help. But he's got hot. That's, co- that's coachable. I wasn't coachable. I'm not coachable. Never been coachable. No. So, um, yeah. Like, well, when I came out, <laughs> it was just like, it was just pretty much this. It was the equivalent, the human equivalent of dumping the Mr. Potato Head out of the bucket. Like, it was just ripping the top off and, and flipping it over. It was, I love it, how it I love how I saw you and your dad today and I go, you guys look so much alike, and you both got so disappointed we're, we're at me. Just, like, yeah, and you had the same cringe. Oh, yeah, and it was like the Not same him, cringe. Anyone but him. It was like Back to the Future, just. And it's like I can't wait for like ten years to see Hoya. I hope he Pops looks like is a you good guys. Dude, I never say it to his face, but he's a good guy. <laughs> yeah, he's he was in there playing like. Forge of Empires or something? Uh, 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 they didn't. They didn't pay for no advertising on Numbills Fan Podcast. They don't know that they could advertise with us. So, well, they didn't pay for it though. So, oh yeah. By the way, um, he was playing one of those strategic build a build a city games. <laughs> yeah, that's a good game. I bet. I used to play Caesar Three when I was a kid. My mom used to be hooked on Caesar Three. I think that lady's hooked on like Farmville now. And she got, I was calling her, I was on the phone one time, and she she had, like, had to go, she's like, oh, I'm in the middle of Farmville. I'm like, oh, my God. Yeah, I mean, no, this is just like this, but with, like, fighting, I guess. The fighting's not very, very fun, though. And and here's the thing, like, I played it for a little bit to, like, try to, like, have something to, like, talk talk to my old man about. Like, I tried to, like, what, jump. Farmville? No, 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 the the game he plays. I, I jumped on, and I started a little city and shit. And I I couldn't keep up with it, man. Like, it's busy work, man. You got to put in work to do good at those games. You got to, you, you know, harvest your resources every couple hours. I, I don't got time for that. So I, like, abandoned my game for, like, months and months and months. So finally he's like, just give me your login. And now he's, like, cleaning up my mess. Like, <laughs> no way. And I'm just like, why are you doing this? Like, you've done this in real life so many times. Like, why are you? I wasn't going to go there, but, like, I mean, you know I want to say that. <laughs> it's like, what's the parallel here? Uh, you know what the parallel is? Is he really loves you so much. He's going to clean up your damn 
whatever a vampires game. I don't even know what the hell it's yeah. called. Yeah, well, anyways. Forge of Empires. What happened to Age of Empires? I don't know, man. Yeah, you know, I'm telling you, though. My, I used to play Caesar 3. But I was like a gamer as a kid, though, where, like, I was popping the, the Doom floppy disks up in that shit, up in the tower. And uh, my stepdad brought that crap home. I was like, what's this? He's like, it's Doom. And I played it. And I remember at the end of the game of Doom, the, the first level, dude comes after you with a damn rocket. And I ducked out of the way of the of the screen, swear to God. I thought I was going to get hit by a rocket. Yo, I remember, like, I remember, like, running off from my mom at the mall when I was, like, mad young to, like, run down. What was what was the place? I can't remember the name of the store. It was, like, pre-electronics boutique. It was even before them. I was, like, running down there playing, like, Wolfenstein on the display computer. Really? Yeah. I was like, oh, Nazis. Kill them, kill them guys. All right. you know, I, I can barely like reach the button to like, I'm like reaching up over my shoulder. Like, you know, what's bad about that wolf design stuff. This is how dumb it is. Ready? This is where my, this is where my brain went before I even smoke weed. Okay. <laughs> so living a straight edge life at the time I bought Wolfenstein for like Xbox 360. Oh, that one was such a piece of no, trip. no, Dude, no, 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 no. No, the, I bought the original. They released it for 360. I was like, you know what? I'm going to get like the one you're talking about. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. So I'm like, yeah. you know what? This is the precursor to Doom. I never really totally got into it. I played a few levels. And, dude, I just beat that game. So then I'm like, you know what I'm going to do? I'm going to get... Did they make another one? So I bought the one for Xbox One to put... Or for the first Xbox. And I, ne- I never made it all the way through it. Or I might have played Wolfenstein 2 and beat that or something. I don't know, man. I played, like, another game or two. But my point is, is it led me down, like, this thing where I'm like, man, I wonder what these weird Nazi scientists are up to. Do you think they had, like, talking animals? Do you think they really swapped heads? I was like, yeah, they must have had zombies, right? And then, I don't know. But it was all triggered from Wolfenstein because I, like... I wanted that that Wolfenstein life to be true of science, you know. Like, and I'm like, wow, I am stupid. So that's my Wolfenstein story. Yeah, dude, you are fucked. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. So welcome to the uh, a podcast about the Buffalo Bills. Anyways, um, yeah, wow. So uh, a lot of stuff has gone down. Uh, free agency hit. A lot of signings. But before well, I forget, well, first let's. Let's get to our crap. Hold on. Let's let even before we get to that. Let's let's right off the bat. I just want to say sorry for the lack of coverage you got from us during during the opening of free agency week here. It's been a huge news week and we've been really quiet. Why? Out here in Western New York, we're in Rochester for those who don't know. And we got a windstorm. Yeah, I said windstorm. Google this. I'm not even joking. Like, it looks like the apocalypse where we live. We're 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 all powers out. My power was out for a day and a half. Dave's powers. It's been back on for a full day. Dave's powers still out. My mom sent me a notice today saying that my power will be on by monday at like eleven thirty nine or some crap and i have a kerosene heater running in the crib and the thing is is i had two guests lined up i had scott campbell lined up for tuesday we're gonna podcast on tuesday for those who don't know scott is our writer at numbillsfan.com and he's Does a pretty a sweet job. dude i sit next to him at the games and his pops um and he's a ticket holder from orchard park so it's pretty sweet and I also had our friend Kevin Masari from formerly from Building the Herd, but he's with Cover1.net, lined up for Thursday. And I told him, like, dude, I got a bailman. I thought my power would be back on. So Yeah. yeah. Um, I just got back on, man. Right. Holy shit. Dude, we were driving around yesterday together around your neighborhood. No, but yeah, for real. Like, get on Google. Look up this wi- this windstorm. Like, it doesn't even sound tough when you say it. Like, you're like, oh, big deal. Like. No, it wasn't a tornado. It wasn't a hurricane. It wasn't really like raining like that. But like roofs off of houses, trees, just smashing power lines. Like power lines fell on my mother's car, the poor woman. 
Like when you're inspectors. Five minutes later, pine tree falls on her car. Within like five minutes, she she had two two things fall out of the sky. Her Hyundai is scuffed to shit. So it's a war zone. Yeah, nonetheless, uh, I guess uh, life took over, and maybe keeping my dogs warm is a little more important than my thoughts on the bills on a recording that's super high quality. Because you know that's how we do. But I mean, we're running the mobile unit tonight. But yo, it's all good. Yeah. Our girlfriend Summer hooked it up for us. Really nice of her. Yeah, shout out to her letting us uh, hit the spare bedroom. Yeah, so we with got our, with our little microphones <laughs> like a bunch of fucking herbs. <laughs> hey, can we do our podcast in your office? Uh, what do you think? Uh, you know, hey, she's <laughs> such a good sport. Yeah, really. For real, I can't believe we're doing this right now here. This is crazy. We bought a little mic stand. I'm stoked. Yeah, the mobile unit, man. It, it works. Mobile unit, really durable bong, super thick glass. That's how you, you know she's a good one, you know? So yeah, it's a bong the, that you could tip over. It doesn't break, you know? All the comforts of home. Exactly. <laughs> Every, you know, I've been sick for a week, too. That's been great. So don't forget, all of our stuff is from is on numbillsfan.com. And Wednesdays we do, uh, usually, except for this week. And the week before. Facebook. Oh, you had technical difficulties. Yeah, well, I, I, I went on, but yeah, okay. Anyways, we do, a, we do a Facebook Live. It's, you know, you get on there, we get the comments. We tell you that your takes are good or your takes aren't good. If your takes aren't good, we'll let you know. But we have a good time. We talk the bills. You can look at our face. We had Takeo Spikes on a few weeks ago. That was that was pretty sweet. And we do it every Wednesday, around seven o'clock typically. And it's presented by our friends at billsforlife.com. We are also brought to you by PunchDrunkSports.com. We are their podcast that covers the bills for their Punch Drunk Sports Podcast Network. So check them out. They're on Twitter as well. Punch Drunk on Twitter. So, uh, And we're also brought to you by ShadyRays.com. Check them out. They got some real high quality sunglasses, including the LaShawn McCoy signature model. You can save 25% on your first pair by typing in numbillsfan at checkout. That's shadyrays.com. Cheer. So, a lot of things have gone down in the Bills world since we've last talked. and uh, A ton. Let's be real here. Um... The dust is settling. Our, our, our roster is starting to take shape a little bit. We we know we know some names, and we know some people who aren't going to be here. The, the all the questions we've had the last month, month and a half, they're you know they're starting to get answered. I mean, some of them I've had longer than that. Yeah. So. The speculation period is finally drawing to a, to an end, though, and like things are things are actually happening. Tyrod Taylor restructures his contract. Boom. That's the first domino to fall. Lock right? him in. Well, I was already I was already clicking my heels. Actually, they caught some guys. First I was clicking my that. heels about Dan Carpenter getting cut. I'm salty about. Mainly that Miami game where I feel like he really cost us the playoffs. I know there was another opportunity in, in overtime that we couldn't take advantage of. Yo, that of, kick that that kicker had from Miami, I was in the stadium for that, and I was at yeah. the 50. That was the stupidest looking kick. I was like, that didn't go in, did it? It looked like one of those things that you just kick and the wind just takes it. Anyways, not... Oh, you all right? Dying. All right. Well, maybe Dave will make it, but you know, not to not to kick up old dirt, but you know, I really feel like 
even with everything that went down in the overtime during that game, like it should have never got there. Carpenter should have just hit that kick in regulation, and we should have won that game and gone on and, I mean, not bench Tyrod, beat the Jets, and made the fucking playoffs. And maybe Rex Ryan would still have a job. Like I think that I think that game changed a lot of a lot of situations for a lot of people, and it, I I don't want to say it only comes down to like one guy, but that kick would have been the difference. That was the time that it did cost us the game, and I I was saying it. I mean, yeah, you preached it for a few years. A I, I was going to say now. like going back to going back like two full years to the beginning of this show. I was I was already like yo it, you know like. Oh, fuck Dan Carpenter. You know, I, I, I said it, like, early on. And you're like, come on, man. Like, cut the guy some slack. Like, everybody misses. And, like, it, it was, like, a thing going on. I was like, well, you'll see. One of these times, it's going to it's gonna cost us a game. One of these times, it is going to come down to that. And, like, I feel like this season, it really was. And it was when playoffs weren't still out of the question. It was a long shot. But, you know, the other the other dominoes we needed to fall, they all fell. You know what I mean? But we missed that kick. And then, again, all the boneheaded overtime crap. By the way. Ten men on the field and all that. You, you remember I, I the believe, situation. I believe technically, though, not to be a technical guy, but the, the one there was a domino that needed to happen the last week that didn't happen. So they would have been screwed either way. But at the same time, um, you're right because I, I, I mean it would have played out a lot differently. They right. would, they would have had to go into week 17 with you know firing on all cylinders. Tyrod under center, not the EJ Manuel Cardell Jones experiment. They that would have been a must win game, and if they won it and missed the playoffs. I don't think Rex Ryan loses his job right there. Okay, okay. So here's what I want to talk about on that. I want to go right so, from I mean, there. You know, it's, maybe all's well that ends well. Like, I have this theory, right? I I gotta say we've been I've been pretty consistent in saying that the reason they benched Tyrod Taylor is so that they would have a healthy quarterback for next year. Not a contract, not so they could keep it, do whatever. And there is a chance that they could still technically trade Tyrod Taylor, but that would be like the shittiest move, I think, ever. If you're doing all this positive PR about the guy right now, and well, oh, I he's mean, a great it depends guy. on what what the trade offer is. It's it's still a business. I I agree that it would be a shitty move. And if it happened to me, I'd be pissed as hell. But. Someone someone decides they want to trade another real high first-round pick or something. You look at it. You got to, you know? Right. I mean, I, I, I see you, but we've gone – everybody's gone down that road. Um, but what I'm saying here is I've been saying that, like, if you look at the data of Doug Whaley, he ain't an idiot. Everybody wants to come down on him. Chris Brown was on Murph on the John Murphy show saying Doug Lewey gets a raw deal from a lot of people. And I've been saying it for a long time. We've been saying it like, look, dude's job is to find talent. He finds talent. Now, yeah, EJ Manuel's draft class, not one of them is on the roster. That's what you were telling me earlier. Right, right. I mean, I'm hoping they can get Chris Gregg back. I, I, I would love for him to resign. but You're talking about the throwaway pick guy. Yeah, you know what I mean. Yeah, I, I mean, I think he, I think he panned out pretty well though for where where we got him. Oh, definitely, and and that's the thing too is like I'm shocked that they're not bringing him back because he would be affordable, and I liked him, but I don't know. I don't. He had better chemistry with with EJ than he did with Tyrod. Well, at the same time, he didn't get to really develop this year either. No, so, no, not at all. So here, here's what I'm saying is is uh w- with Tyrod. You have that contract done, and and I feel that like they knew the whole time. And, and for everybody's like, look, they're looking at this Rick Dennison guy, but don't connect the dots that it's really for Tyrod or whatever. And it's like the way I look at things is the path of least resistance would be to get Rick Dennison to work with Tyrod Taylor, and Tyrod Taylor already knows that offense, and which he actually confirmed 
recently that, hey, yeah, I know what to expect out of this offense. It's things I like to do, a lot of play action. A lot of the things that we had a problem with Tyrod Taylor not doing sounds like it's going to be what he's going to do now. And you got to keep in mind, it's a whole new offense, West Coast-based offense. The ball's going to be out quick. Yes, that means the, the ball has to be in certain spots. And that's going to be harder, people are going to say. But think the Seattle game last year. Think that New York Jets game uh, at the end of his first season starting. That's what it's going to look like. Balls out quick. And I'll be honest with you, play action, that opens up big holes in the field. <coughs> Excuse me. Sorry to bear with us with that. Um, that opens up big holes. And you know what? You got Tyrod Taylor. And Rick Dennison together, and you got Sean McDermott saying, pretty much patting himself on the back, like, yeah, it just made a lot of sense to do this, and this is pretty much like what we wanted. So it almost makes you wonder if really, if this is what they wanted, and you're telling me that Dennison ain't going to have an experienced head coach like Kubiak on speed dial or Tex. I mean, those guys got to be like pretty much really good friends, I would imagine, you know, they've worked together for years, and they know what they're getting with Tyrod. So yeah, I think- no, absolutely. And I think that's <clears> – <throat> I think it just makes sense because of how many other things you aren't able to lock in with this team right now. Like, a lot of guys aren't back this year. You know, you want to you wanna start running through that a little bit? Like, let's, let's talk – Let's to- look at the receivers real quick. If we're on the offensive side of the ball. Yeah, yeah, I mean – Okay, so Robert Woods, gone. He went to San Francisco for, or San Francisco. Robert Woods went to the Rams for, I believe, uh, just about a little bit more than eight million, eight million a year. I thought, I thought he got like sixty total. I think it was a five-year, thirty-nine million dollar deal. Oh yeah, no, that sound, that sounds right. So, it, it, and then you got Marquise Goodwin going to San Fran for, uh, I forgot how many years, but four million a year. And long story short. That would have been $12 million for those two guys on a roster if they would have got them at that price. I am crossing my fingers this year for the same thing I was crossing my fingers for last year, and that is for Colby Lissenby to step in and be even just a slight upgrade over Marquise Goodwin in a similar role, which is get vertical, stretch the field, run your ass off. Like, I I have – High hopes, you know, for the <laughs> for the late pick guy again. But, no, you know, watching his video from college, like, he was very intriguing to me. He has, he has that kind of speed. So I hope he can step in and maybe be a little bit more effective in spots than, than what we got out of Goodwin. You know, Goodwin definitely had flashes, like, no pun intended. But... I thought this last year, I, I feel like he was Marquise just, Goodwin stepped up, and, and really, I can't even say stepped up. He was healthy, right? It, but I feel like he just he had a hard time bringing like consistent play week to week. Oh, dude, really? I disagree. I disagree. I thought this year, I thought this year that when his name was called, for the most part, he delivered. I really, I you know what it, you know what the classic example is to be honest with you is it's. That classic, of course, their contract year, everything works out. <laughs> Do you know what I'm saying? That's yeah, really no, it. You, there, there is. But that. he did have a concussion. But you can't control a concussion. No, no, his head, his head bounced pretty hard right. And that. the thing is, that kid put his body out there, man. He like really would stretch out for the ball, and I thought he was. Oh man, you, you kind of wonder like what he could do with with somebody if he was featured more. Right. And I, I think, you know, when I say he wasn't consistent week to week, I think if you look at his targets, that also wasn't consistent week to week. No. So, uh, the, again, you know, there's always there's always other factors. But, you know, he ultimately wasn't a, like, guy you're going to lean on necessarily. I mean, we got into a situation where he was like all that was left from our, our quote-unquote starters, you know what I mean? Watkins was out, Woods was out, you know, it it was, you know, Goodwin and Powell and Hunter and Brandon Tate. I don't even know who's on the roster for the Bills. Sammy Watkins, Listen B, 
Um, I don't know if Greg Sales is still on the Bills. I was wondering about that. Like, I really don't even, at this point, you know, I didn't want to go wide receiver in the draft. I didn't want to go get a big free agent wide receiver. At the same time, it's like, you know what? I, I People have said it. Uh, I, I, I think they're going to wait for everything just to, to, to see where people land and let the cream rise to the top. I mean... There's going to be some guys that these that that Doug Whaley has grades on, and I guarantee, if they bring in a, a a free agent wide receiver, we're going to be like, ooh, never thought of that. That's a slick move. That's a slick. I think it's just going to happen by default. And if you draft the guy, right? And I don't know if you. I would they not say, rule that out. They say receivers for draft wise, you can get them deep. So really, first round. I don't first round. Oh man, I got some shit to rail on around draft time. But uh, about ten year starters. Little note. Um, I agree with you, Deacon. I, I wouldn't rule out getting anybody free agent wise wide receiver. No, I wouldn't rule it out. But for me, I think I think I would still watch the draft for for a first or second round receiver. Um, you know, it's it's one position that hasn't been dr- addressed yet. Again, it's still very early, but if you're I think st- I think it's where you can get the best, like hands down, the best performance to value ratio. It's, know, it's cheap. It, you, it's you, it's you the take, cheapest option. You take a first round receiver, you you probably got a thousand yards on the cheap. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. But yeah. then then we have. Sammy Watkins fighting for targets. I mean, yo, I think more than anything, we need to we need to get an inside receiver. We need a, a slot guy that can that can, you know, make opportunities for Tyrod underneath. I think they're gonna get another tight end. They're talking about Martellus Bennett. Um, Eric Turner at CoverOne.net was talking tight end in the first round that they shouldn't be opposed to it. But I will say what you were saying. Um, I I think if you're Sammy Watkins and you get offended, or we're worried about targets at this point, um, I don't care. And if I'm Sammy Watkins, I can't let that bother me, and it should bother him. It's going to bother him that if they pick someone out, great, cool. Because now you got another guy that's going to whine for targets. How's he going to make an impact? And we've seen it. And when you come off the year, you look at it like, I don't care if it's Sammy Watkins and whoever. I don't give a shit. I don't give a shit because they're going to run the ball a lot. You got these, you got Charles Clay. You, you know what I mean? You got to go by your strengths and, and I mean, truthfully, and I, they, would, if, I would like a guy that would push Sammy Watkins. I mean, not that I think he should be, like, pushing harder through injury because you already know he's playing hurt. But if there's another guy who's out there who, like, might c- contest the idea of who who the number one is on the team and that makes Sammy Watkins rise up and and reestablish himself, like, that's not a bad thing. I don't care. I don't care what they do because I'll tell you why. Because it's not Sammy's fault, but there's no guarantee he can. he's going to be healthy. And at this point, you have to look at it like, well, dude, you go down so much, we, we can't, we have to be prepped. So clearly we need two of you. Right, right. Exactly, so, right. so it's like nothing, no knocking on him. I mean, but it's we, the already, truth. we already rattled off, you know, what, what we were left with. This past season, right after a couple injuries, and you know, and it wasn't it. It just wasn't a deep enough squad at the end of the at the end of the day. Yeah, I can't I can't roll like that, and not for nothing, man. I got this theory too. How come this team does not just say screw like the small slot guys, all this crap, yo, like just. Get these big-ass dudes, okay? If you're worried about Tyrod's accuracy 
in his whatever. Can you find some big ass targets who can some run guys some, with some real? Range, if yeah. you're running a West Coast offense, guys got to be at a spot at a certain time, okay? And, and like, can they can can they execute that? I don't care if they're big, slow, whatever the hell. If they had wingspans, that's what I care about. You got Sammy Watkins. Go get a Mike Williams. Go get somebody big. You know what I'm saying? Like, get somebody that's going to go up and get that that ball. Bring back Justin Hunter. I don't care if you put Justin Hunter in the slot. Who cares? That's pretty much what Gronkowski does. He's in the slot, essentially. And he just does this. He's just a monster running down the yeah, field. Nah, no, no, fo- say, follow, follow wish, me. I wish there were more guys his size that could actually move, though. You oh, know what I mean? But I, it's, it gets even better. Oh, okay. So, so in other news, real quick to go with this. So, the Patriots just signed Stephon Gilmer. Good riddance. Pay that kid 14, 15 mil. He ain't worth 14, 15 mil. He's worth about 11 to 12. Jenkins money. Not And, and, and he played good Jenkins this year on the Giants. So, follow me here. You know what? Okay, Sammy Watkins, him, him and Gilmore, they neutralize each other, right? So now you got Butler on the other side. Put someone to neutralize him. Who's going to be the third corner that's going to go on, like, Justin Hunter in the slot? Somebody that's, like, 6'4", or something stupid. Do you follow what I'm saying? Like, who's going to body that guy? And then you're going to body, you're going to body Martellus Bennett? Are you going to body, if they, well, actually, he ain't coming in. He's going to the Packers. But it's like the the Bills had an interest in him. Are you going to body Charles Clay? Like, eventually, there's going to be a small cornerback on most of the teams that you're playing. Eventually, you're going to get to Nikal Roby Coleman, who, by the way, was cut. We'll throw those news in there, that news in there. But it's like you're yeah, eventually no, you, going to get on that smaller matchup. And if you just have big-ass dudes. Yeah, you're going to get that Gronk, that Gronk <laughs> yeah, on dude. Roby. Just get that big-ass dude. And, and Tyrod doesn't need to be as accurate. I was flipping out about that that Patriots game. I was like, he can't be covering Gronk. He can't cover Gronk. He's just not big enough. <laughs> Dude. So what I see is... I hot. What do you think, man? Do you go so far? I can't wait to see that receiver position shake out. That's going to shake out soon. Um, so they put a fifth-round tenor on Mike Gillisley. I hope he sticks around. I like that guy. That said, in Doug Whaley, I trust because he just brings in, that staff brings in running backs like butter running backs, yeah, no matter say, what. I was going to say, if if not, let's let's go like. You got Williams. You got the other Williams kid anyways, man, from Bama. Yeah, they're or fa- not Alabama from Arkansas. They're right? phasing those guys out though. There used to be so many on the team. They're I know. They're dropping like yeah, five. but he gotta, it'll be his second year. He'll be healthy. No, I I, I mean first I hope off so. season. He didn't, he didn't have a ton of opportunities last year, and like, I mean, when he was in there, he wasn't. Su- I mean, he wasn't Mike Gillisley leading the league in in yards per carry. So I mean, yeah, that's that's a big shadow to live in. But again, I you know. If if we get the fifth round pick for him, draft a guy. You know, that makes enough sense to me. Right. Now they did bring in Mike Tolbert, which is pretty cool. Mike Tolbert's a good ass dude. Yeah, and I mean there's a couple red zone touchdowns right there. Now Mike Tolbert had a little uh he had a little press conference if today. Went healthy. Right. Um knock on wood. He had a presser thing today where he talked with the media. And he mentioned that he was friends. His wife is friends with Sean McDermott's wife. And, you know, he knows Sean, obviously, from being on the Carolina Panthers, Mike Tolbert. And you had uh, an interesting theory about this. Yeah, we're going to get, I'll get into it. I'll get into it. Um, Well, Mike Tolbert describes this thing called the Breakfast Club. And essentially... Him and the running backs, they'd be in the gym early in the morning working out. Well, Sean McDermott would always show up, so they became buddies. That somehow their wives became buddies. Sean McDermott calls Tolbert, because he was a free agent at the time, and goes, Hey, I need you. 
So it shows up for $1 million a year. Really cheap. Now, I've been a fan of Tolbert Yo, for years. That's a Pro Bowl fullback, too. Yeah, multiple. And, and and the thing is, he's really a running back, and only recently he's been a fullback because he was listed as a running back when he was in San Diego. And I believe he was listed as a running back even in Carolina for a bit, unless they moved him to fullback. He doesn't like to be called. He didn't used to like to be called a fullback. But here's the deal. Yo, he said fullback when he was on my Madden Ultimate team. So true, true. That, I know, that's, no, that's, I, that's total, I know the title. That's why I'm basing all of my opinions on But I'm telling you, man. Madden, Madden from two years yo, ago. Yo, this dude catches. This dude will block. This dude can pass protect. He will do whatever it takes. And, and, and think about this. They brought the Bills brought in Hauschka, right? And we'll go back to Tolbert and my theory that that you were talking about. Oh yeah, yeah. Um, now they brought in Hauschka, the kicker from Seattle. He's signing with the Bills for how much? What did you hear? It was, like, it was like a fourteen million dollar contract. I'm stoked that that dude's even available. Like, how is that guy leaving Seattle? And he kicked in Seattle, pretty shitty conditions too. And he can do kickoffs, and he was ranked. I'm not even gonna say he was ranked because I forgot, but he was middle of the pack in kickoffs. Not bad. I think it might be like twelfth. That somewhere in there. Yeah, I heard. That. So, so check this out. Check this out. And now you got Mike Tolbert, who has like thirty touchdowns. He's your goal line guy. They're not leaving opportunities on the board anymore. They're not leaving points on the board. It, 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 they, they really, if Tolbert sticks to the roster, you could say they upgraded the roster because they haven't had a good goal line running back. And since I can remember, Fred Jackson could not get it done at the goal line at all. How many times do we see the Bills get the ball down to the one or the two or within five yards? And I'm just like, it's not going to happen. They kick a field goal. It's been better the last few years than it has been in years past. But like, Man, dude, I don't remember when they've had a good goal line guy. Right. Well, a lot of Bills fans have been, like, scratching their head, though, because Tolbert's not the only fullback we signed this week. We picked up uh, the guy from the Falcons there. Yeah. Pat DeMarco. Yeah, that's the guy. So, I guess dude caught a lot of passes. We definitely didn't shut that off to look at what that dude's name was either. Yeah, dude, I totally forgot. That was definitely organic. We I did, totally we forgot. We did not stop just now. Yeah, yeah I totally we forgot. We totally stopped. That's as close to editing as we really come, though. Yeah, I mean, now people are harassing this crap, of course, because that's what happens. And I will be honest with you, I get it, but... How about you chill out a little bit and let these guys put a team together because they're not stupid, okay? Like, last I checked, you guys have not you know, ever built a roster or a team or a coach a damn team. And, and also, if you I'm, had, call me. I'm going to point out Pro Bowl fullback. I know it's not a thick pack to choose from, but hey. It's got to be worth something. It's not worth that much. It's like winning a Grammy. Look, man. <laughs> the way I look at things is you got a guy who is six foot one. They say he can play tight end. But it's like you have another option. Expect this guy to play special teams, possibly. Expect Tolbert to possibly have to play special teams. But it's like, what if somebody bites on Mike Gillisley? He's a good back. I don't think he could be the... I don't think he's proven to be a workhorse. Oh, no, he's not a three-down guy. But uh, if if you want to have a divvied-up backfield, that works real, real nice. Yeah, so, I mean... Kind of interesting to to see how good the this Demarco kid could be because if he likes to catch passes, that's pretty sweet. And 
I think it it's like the fullback is just resurrecting in offenses. Right. Well, you see a lot of these like hybrid like H back guys now. You know, we uh we had Marquise Gray in here for a while. He went to the Dolphins. Uh, I don't know what his situation is going into next year, but you know, he kind of played that like, I guess an H back. Yo, he he was listed as Pro Football Focus. All pro fullback for 2015. Who? DeMarco. Oh, nice. Yeah. And he was elected to do the first, you know, his pro ball, his first pro ball in 2015 and second all team or all second team all pro. So, I mean, look, I'm pretty stoked. I like when players get signed. I like seeing this team get built. Now, here's my Tolbert theory. Mike Tolbert. These buddies with Sean McDermott, okay? This is going to be the guy who's cool as hell. He has a good time. He's the vet. I don't see Tolver getting caught. Because Tolver is going to be the dude that you want to help build the core of the team. And you want to talk all that leadership mumbo-jumbo, right? Set the tone. He knows you can be trusted. Well, if their wives are friends, are you telling me that shit ain't going to be passed back and forth? Get out of here. It's almost like having a mole in the team the whole time. Now, you can look at this like a good thing. You can look at this like a bad thing. I don't think it's anything to worry about. And if anything, I like it because it's just more transparency across the team. And this Bills team, frankly... Needs accountability. And when you got guys like Sammy Watkins, Sean McCoy, uh, other vets on the team calling everybody else out. Um, and, and, of course, just like when uh, first thing Chan Gailey did was take down the flat screens. This ain't the Dick Duran Spa. Well, here comes Sean McDermott. We're taking out the pool tables. We're taking out the video games. It's time to get to work. Oh, okay, dude. Seen this one work out. I think what he said was, we got to earn our right to win, is what he said. Oh, okay. So instead of being in the building and maybe chilling out and playing video games for a few minutes, you know what? You should go home. Okay. like I don't get that. That shit does not matter to me. I would rather have the players have a spot to have a break and get back to whatever the fuck they want to do. If that means you need a little bit of time for doing some work on the field, in the field house, and you want to go kick it and lift weights, like, I don't know. Or maybe you just want to take a break. I guess you could just go on your phone or your iPad or something, but it's like, I think that brings people together, that, that, that competition. Maybe he's going to have some fun games. Maybe he has a plan. You know, you hear about Pete Carroll. Oh, they have all these fun games. Yeah. Ooh. And they, and it really brings, you know, they're always competing. You know, but they're having a good time with that. Maybe Sean McDermott has some stuff like that. Maybe he has some hunger games. But you said they kept ping pong, right? Yeah. Yep. How dare you can't pull out the ping pong table. Say it could help with ball skill. I hand coronation. I kind of like that one. Okay. But what about a pool table? Yeah. Not good for conversation in the locker room. I don't know. Maybe uh, maybe playing playing some billiards. These defenders could work on their tackling angles. You know, I, I don't know. I don't know if that correlates. Yeah. I'm not very good at pool, and I've only tackled people in like a street fight scenario. It doesn't it's not really the same thing. So, um, another to do too. What's interesting is uh, on the defensive side of the ball. If you're going to tell me that, like the last guy to get cut. And the secondary was Corey Graham of like a consensus of who would get caught. You would think 
If you pulled the fans, it would say Corey Graham would get cut before Roby Coleman. Yeah, I was actually kind of surprised by Roby Coleman. And you would say he would get cut before Aaron Williams. Did not see that coming. So, well, I mean, let's talk about those I positions mean, there, real there was, quick. There were some question marks around it, but like I didn't expect him to get released. You know what I mean? Right. Like if he wasn't coming back, I expected him to be like, "Yeah, I'm retiring. I don't think I'm coming back." I mean, I think he he might still be able to do that if he chooses. But I hope Aaron Williams stays retired, or 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 I don't I don't know if he's retiring. He yeah, I don't no, think he's sad. I don't know. I don't know if he wants to keep playing. You know, he's been in he's been in the league six years, and uh, I think he's been on IR three times, right? Three times, you think so? This year, last year, and then I think he had he had one uh, two seasons before that. Yeah, so I think I think he's uh, he's ended the season on injury reserve three times, if I'm not mistaken. I might at least two. At, well, yeah, at least the last two that we know of for sure. So yeah, like it's kind of a rough it's kind of a rough six years, you know. Man, I really like when they drafted Aaron Williams out of uh, Texas. And uh, they said he, you know, second round pick, and they said he was a tough kid. That he should. That the whole report was he should, he would be a good safety, and 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 then you know the Bills started a cornerback, and I thought his rookie year, he had a solid. I thought he had a a year that showed potential. Very tough kid. You notice he hit hard. You know what I mean. You really wanted to hit hard, and 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 rough dudes up. You know, very 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 physical player. Easy to love. And then when um when Doug Rohn came in and they wanted to move him to safety with uh Jim Schwartz. Was it that year or was it uh Patton? Either way, I think it was a yeah. I don't remember. Whenever Patton, whenever they wanted to move him to safety, he was reluctant to move to safety because his second year playing cornerback was not good at all. Like and it almost looked like all right, dude, let's see if we could salvage him at safety is kind of how I took it. And it worked out. And I loved having that, that versatility. If you're having a guy who has corner experience moving back to safety, well, he got the train right next to Jarvis Bird. And and that was cool, having him and Bird out there together. And that was Bird's contract year. And, and Aaron Williams ends up with the contract. Bird ends up doing his franchise deal. They signed Williams for a bit. And, and, you know, birds out, but, uh, it's like, you know, he was reluctant to switch to safety. He, he didn't want to, he almost, he had an attitude about it. Um, and, and he'll, and he'll admit to that. And, and I like, I really liked his overall attitude, his demeanor, very good PR for the team. Very good, very good person. Seems like a good kid. And I wish him the best. I really do. And I, and I feel like he's worth talking at least for a, a little bit about, you know, I'm, I'm glad we, we, we did because, I mean, that that's really the last of that, that like, that, that Bill's Mafia shit where you had your, your heart and soul was Fred Jackson and that shit got, that torch got passed to Aaron Williams and how quickly this little fun time Bill shit just comes to an end again, and here we go. How are we going to rebuild the culture? How are we going to... Oh, my God, I don't want to hear about culture. You know what I want to hear about? People doing their shit. Take care of your damn business. If you don't want to... You're getting paid. Do what you can. Now, I will say, um, you know, there's... A lot of variables that go into all that crap, and it's and it's very hard to to stay focused as a player, and sometimes lose motivation. Now, for anybody out there who's looking for some insight, I just gotta throw it out there. I was blown away. Arian Foster, the running back, Arian Foster was on the Joe Rogan Experience podcast, and. When that hit my feed that he was on, usually I listen to these in chronological order. I'm like months behind. I checked it out, and he gives so much insight to what it's really like to be in the NFL, what it's really like to be a college football player, what it's really like to be eating, sleeping, shitting, breathing football. And he said 
you know, he had a cool coaching staff with Adam Gates, you know. And it was nice of him to say that because he kind of, oh, okay, he is a good dude. And, and Aaron Foster answered so many questions about weed, just like things I always wondered about. And, you know, he, he was saying it was really wild that he knew it was time to leave football when he was on the sidelines. And he's like, man, I really don't give a fuck who wins this game right now. And he's thinking about, like, the stars and stuff and, like, astronomy, you know? So, like, but but he's into that. <laughs> so, it, it, and it was really cool because he's a very open-minded dude. He was vegan for six to eight months, and he tried it, didn't like it, or didn't work out for him. But, uh, you know, he's a very open-minded guy. Uh, and, and so, check that out on the Joe Rogan Experience podcast and, uh, It'll piece together a lot of things. I have I look for information like that that's just raw from a player, and not many guys will talk badly about the shield. But they talk about painkillers. You talked about painkillers, everything. So, um, I just had to get that out there. I wanted to get that that out there on this podcast at some point. So the Bills also, you know, there's so many things they've been doing. And that secondary, we, we talked last podcast a lot about safety. Right. Well, now we have a revamped safety Yeah, I mean, position. Again, like, Aaron Williams out, Corey Graham's out. We touched on it earlier, the cornerback, you know, um, Stephon Gilmore. He's he's a patriot now. Fucking prick. I mean, it had to be them. It, ha- it had to be, but whatever. You know what, man? I'm sorry, but the Patriots are winning the offseason right now. And every team that wins the offseason, they, they burn. Philadelphia Eagles, dream team, burn. Bills, Rex saying that dumb shit. We won the offseason. Okay, great job, Rex. Yeah, we're defending champs, bud. Come on. Yeah, so look. So now they sign safety, Micah Hyde, six foot, 197, 26 years old. I told you, we tell you. Doug Whaley likes these free agents right around now after the first contract. Fifth round pick of the Packers in 2013. So they're pretty durable. He's also played corner. He can play nickel. He returns punts. Hell of a punt returner. Um, he also can return kicks too. He does have eight interceptions, 24 pass breakups, and five pummel recoveries in his career. And he's over 100 returns in his career. Averaging 9.7 yards on punt returns and 24 on kicks. Uh, also, another Decent. safety. Yeah, definitely. Another safety, Jordan Poyer. And uh, seventh round pick of the Eagles. Only appeared in three games. Released, picked up by the Browns. And he played nine games for Cleveland. And he was their punt returner in his rookie year. So, I mean, that's another safety, which I guess if you listen to. Micah Hyde talk, him and Porter actually know each other through a mutual friend. So, um, you know, Porter seems like a guy that is on the rise. He's something that we'll get into more next podcast because he's very interesting. Because he seems like a guy that's on the rise. And also because our power has been out for like two days and we haven't done our homework. No, but really, he's an interesting guy that I really can't wait to look into. Yeah, for real. Because he seems like a guy... Um, that showed some potential, but he got hurt and he was sent to IR because he got hurt off of like, he got a lacerated kidney last year, week six. So I don't know. I mean, he's a good special teams player. Painful. He said, they say he's a good special teams player for the Browns, but I mean, the Micah High guy is an instant starter. That nope. guy is the dude to run the show. John DeTulio, remember John DeTulio? Yeah, we, he, he, he's a I Packers like these, fan. I like these special teamers, though, man, I do. Well, you got to have them. But, but, uh, look, how, look how Lorenzo Alexander worked out. Yeah, and supposedly he's been in regular talks, by the way, with the team still. Yeah, they're trying, to, they're trying to figure something out for him. I'm wondering about Zach Brown, by the way. Yeah, I I haven't heard. I I heard there was like interest around the league. Um, I think I, I think I saw Miami was interested, but I haven't really heard anything about the Bills. About the Bills. 
Um, also, while we're at it, um, I was going to bring up to you, too, that uh, they also signed a guard, Vladimir Dukas, 6'5", 325, played his last three seasons for the Ravens, and he was a second-round pick of the Jets in 2010. And, uh, he oh, appeared that in, high. Yeah, dude. Appeared in uh, 10 games for the Ravens, including eight starts. So, okay. um, look, he's a right, he's just a guard. But as another guy, you got to fill out your roster. And I'm glad that they're filling. I don't even want to say fill out like that in a bad way. But this is a guy that clearly they must see has some kind of upside. Or or, or he can hold it down in case, it, at least it's insurance. Right, again. It's, it's just weird shit happens, man. Yeah, like Eric Wood goes out, Groy goes in at center, does pretty pretty decent at center. But, I mean, it's a big drop off. In interior depth behind them, so like I like that. I like that addition. You know that they, they're they're leaving certain things. They're they're addressing a lot of the things that that need to be addressed, and it's kind of like giving you some hints where they might draft as well. Now you know free agency's not over. The draft isn't yet, but you know, again, they might look to improve that tackle position with with a you know high pick. You know, settling the quarterback situation, getting a couple safeties in here, it it does it does kind of take some options. I mean, you know, you're you're gonna definitely want to go with what they they always say. Oh, take the best guy available, right? Well, you know, sometimes you can't take a guy that you just absolutely positively don't need. You know, sometimes sometimes need does have to play in. Right or wrong? Well, I I think it's. I think there is no one way to cut it. I don't. I don't think it's one or the other. I think what happens in in, in reality is, you have needs. You have to fill, and like you fill them through free agency first. And like at the receiver position, I love Doug Wayley's term last year of dust settle free agents because, Jesus Christ, if you don't like what Doug Whaley does, I don't think you understand what a GM does. And a GM is supposed to bring in talent and. Oh, well, they don't have any camp money. It doesn't matter when your scouting department is so good. You find a Lorenzo Alexander. You find a Preston or a, a Zach Brown. You know what I'm saying? You find these guys that are impact players, and, and you want to rip on his rest, whatever you got. Third-round pick is should be a Pro Bowl right guard as far as what coaches say with, with John Miller. You know what I mean? You got guys like Preston Brown that he picked. That is a solid player, you know, like at linebacker for a long time. And, right, and I mean, I, I'm i not ready to, you know, I haven't forgotten about or given up on the idea of Reggie Ragland being a very, very, very dominant force here. You know, he, he yeah, he, uh, he didn't play last season, and it really sucks when that, when that, comes up especially when you're when your first round pick isn't playing and then your second round pick goes down that that that's that's tough and like that's that's the thing these fans don't have anywhere else to vent this frustration except back at Doug Whaley for whatever reason like it's not his fault you know what I mean he didn't he didn't go out there and and bang up Reggie Ragland like it happens it's football and and it's gonna get all of these guys at one point or another, but I still ex- I still have really high expectations for for both those players. It's almost it's almost like a bonus at this point that that we didn't get them last year. It's like it's like a little cherry on top for this year. It's- yeah, but the thing that that worries me is, um, yeah, I like to talk to to Eric Turner about this at cover1.net. Um, you know, Carolina had Luke Keekley. Okay, you're, you're talking a guy that I believe he was like the number eight pick. And I remember specifically hoping he would slip to the Bills. You know what I'm saying? The, the year he was picked. And like, that oh, yeah, dude has dude. been a force to be reckoned with. And he is so fast. And, like, what I want to know, because I'm not, I'm, I'm kind of dumb, is 
when I look at a guy like Zach Brown play, he plays hella fast too. And I wonder if the Bills want a guy like that to, like, like who's going to replicate Luke Keekley? I mean, you're talking about an elite top, what, top guy two? at his position, top two, top three. But, again, I, I, I'm talking out of turn here because I'm not landing on, like, how he's used, how Zach would Brown, if he can adapt or can't adapt. But just, like, if you're going by, like, can he get from – point a to point b at the correct angle at the right spot is he smart enough i don't know if zach brown's as smart as luke keekley you know what i mean i don't know if their work ethics are the same but i think he is and i think like zach brown is very versatile where he can cover and last i checked we have gronkowski in this division last i checked you got some good size this league needs to be versatile that's why i like that this micah hyde signing where he can play corner he could play safety and you gotta be versatile and this Porter kid has played all over as well so it's like man you got versatile guys both specialty that they're both capable of contributing something on special teams and those two safeties and it's like man I, i i like we talked about it at the end of the year they got all these free agents now's a good time for a coaching change and they did it and really I think it works out for the best because you got to look at having all those free agents as an advantage to rebuild where you got to rebuild. And last I checked, we still have Darius Kyle Williams, Shaq Lawson, and Jerry Hughes. If Darius can get his head out of his ass, I think he'll be fine. And that's a a front four that's going to play a lot like the shorts front four. Just go. Yeah. So, um, and, and you know what? That front four, the the Shaq Lawson showed he could play out of a three four, good, but he's more comfortable in a four three anyways. So yeah, no, I'm excited to see it. And it don't matter because a lot of times we're nickel sixty percent of the time anyways. So you got four down linemen, you know. So three four nickel. It's it's you know I I, I can't wait to see Shaq Lawson being used that way. So, I don't know, man. Keekly, how would you replace that guy on the Bills? Like, who would that guy be? That's the question. I don't think Raglan is athletic enough to be that guy. I mean... Dude, he's also coming off a, a serious fucking knee injury. Excuse my French. But, like, dude, they would say that it takes guys usually two years to get back to where they were. You know what I mean? Like when Wes That's Walker true. came off that That's thing, true. he wasn't himself for another year. So everything is different. And it's like, man, I don't want to put my faith in that guy. I'm sorry. I don't want to put my defense in the hands of a, 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 an NFL rookie. I think you could do that with Preston Brown. It's a coach's son. I love Preston Brown. He adapts. But he's not as fast as Luke Keekley. No, no, he's. I mean, I understand. I'm talking about a guy where you're, you know, you. You can't just like replace Julio Jones. You know what I mean? Like it's just right, not. Right. Yeah, it's. Th- there's a drop off. We don't. We don't have a linebacker that talented. I agree with that. So what do you think? Until next time with this podcast. Until next time with this podcast, man. I mean, it's after, uh, it's about midnight. Yeah, it's about midnight. So, so. We'll, we'll be back very soon. And yeah. trust me with this, like very soon. We're, we've been itching to talk and we have not even scratched the surface of where we want to go. But please follow us on Twitter. We're very active on Instagram currently and we will be from here on out. Uh, we're very active on the Facebook. We do a Facebook live show every Wednesday, 7 p.m., brought to you by BillsForLife.com. They do wonderful work. Also, ShadyRays.com. Punch in the promo code NumBillsFan. Get 25% off, please. We're trying to look legitimate. They're a very good company. They do a lot of charity work. They do cool shit. We like people who like to help people. Don't be a selfish prick. You heard it here first. But look, punchrucksports.com. Check them out, all these dot coms. You want a sports podcast? 
at Punchrunk on Twitter, Jason Tivo, San Tripoli, Ari Shafir, good ass shit. They just had Tate Fletcher on who who's got that part of that caveman company caveman coffee company. He's in all these movies. He always dies because he's like that superhero badass dude. Like think you know what I mean? <laughs> I don't even know why if I should say superhero, but he just looks like a goddamn savage. But he was on the last one that I listened to on Punch Rock, and it was pretty sweet. Really funny guy. Um, so check all that out. And I think that's it, man. Do we have any other things to shout out? Anything? No, that's it, man. Check us out at numbillsfan.com. Subscribe to this podcast on iTunes, Google Play Music, or Stitcher Radio, or really anywhere else you would find podcasts. Yo, real cool podcast after that I just discovered, Overcast. Check that shit out. I hear a lot of people use it, or you were, I hear, you told me, and uh, I like it, so. But they didn't pay for this advertising. I don't care. It's okay, man. Good stuff. But that's that's my only negative feedback on it, so. Well, find me on Twitter, NumBillsFan. I'm NumBillsAdamD on Twitter. If you want to follow me, too, do it. It's a good time. We All are. Right. Peace. Thanks. Cheer. For listening. Cheer.